Bass Edgers. I'm Kurt Dove. Once again, alongside Aaron Martin, it is time for another episode of Bass Edge Radio, presented by MegaWare Keelguard. That's right, Kurt, as MegaWare Keelguard has been the proud sponsor of Bass Edge Radio since 2006. Guard your boat against grinding sand, abrasive rocks, and concrete boat ramps by visiting them at Keelguard.com. Everybody, it seems like this year is already flying by. I understand we've got FLW Touring Pro Billy McDonald standing by for today's Angler Spotlight. We do indeed, as Bill will be chatting with us concerning changing weather conditions, bait selection, as well as the differences in marine oil and the benefits of fuel additives. Well, it sounds like we definitely have a full plate today, but let's not forget about my favorite part of the show when we select a listener question to be answered on air and award them with a $100 gift card to O'Reilly. Auto Parts. It's time for Bass Edge Radio, presented by Keelguard. You know the importance of protecting your investments, so why use anything other than the toughest keel protector for your boat? Grinding sand, abrasive rocks, and concrete ramps are no match for our patented technology. Keelguard keel protectors are made tough and made to stick. Their do-it-yourself installation takes less than an hour, providing the most dependable, most trusted keel protection for your boat, guaranteed for life. So give your boat the performance edge. Put on the protection the pros pick. Keelguard keel protectors. Bass Edge Radio. Commence broadcast in three, two, one. You're listening to The Edge, everything bass fishing from the Bass Edge Studios, high above Table Rock Lake in the Missouri Ozarks. find ourselves really in a different state of mind than we were back in January. Both of us have been on the water, and you in particular already have several miles and some tournaments under your belt. Are the bass pretty much on schedule in the parts of the country that you've visited thus far? Yeah, Aaron, it really seems like they are. You know, the southern part of the country has been fairly typical weather, and uh, the northern part, you know, we got a little cold this winter and, and even, you know, this spring, but things are starting to warm up. i tell you, there's one tip I really need to let the listeners take away, and that is... Even though it's springtime and we're all fired up and we're getting out there and the weather feels good and we're active, you know, the fish aren't always just ready to hop on everything that they see. A lot of times in the springtime, we need to slow down, still be fairly methodical with our approaches, although we're moving up a little bit more shallow this time of year. Well, I would agree with that. And ironically, you know, this is typically the time of year weather changes tend to intensify and can impact fishing. What do you feel are the key factors to keep in mind in order to kind of make the most out of your day on the water. Well, just as you allude to, Aaron, you know, you're going to see a lot of different aspects of change because it is such a volatile time of year in the spring. So whether it's good weather or bad, make sure you look at the changes. What has the weather been over the last three or four days? Are we on a warming trend? Is there a cold front getting ready to come through? Again, we go back to talking about some preparation and prepare for those things and prepare for those different weather conditions that we're going to be faced with from changing, you know, basically on a day-to-day, week-to-week basis this time of year. Well, as anglers, I think we hear the term weather change, especially in spring. And, you know, the first thing I think that probably comes to most anglers' minds are cold fronts and the negative impacts. But would you agree that weather change can also bring up 
windows of opportunity? Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, one of the funny weather changes that really brings up an opportunity is maybe a late winter, early spring snowstorm up north. You know, you hear a lot about these fish. They will go nuts on a quick little snow shower late March or even into early April. But anytime you have some of those conditions, it's good to take advantage of them and don't think that it's a negative. It could really be a positive. Um, The same thing goes for the sun and different areas of the bank. You really need to look for the northwest corners of lakes and rivers, wherever it is you're fishing, because those are the areas that that water is going to warm up a little bit quicker. So those fish are going to progress a little bit faster and really where we want them to be in that springtime pre-spawn mode. Yeah, you're right there. It's amazing, you know, just the difference as you're running the trolling motor down through the cove and you get in those protected areas or even areas that have some of the big boulders that are dark in color that typically draw the heat of how fish and bait fish will ultimately congregate around those areas. And man, you can really come across the mother load. But I tell you what, an angler who has dealt with certainly adapting to changing weather conditions his entire fishing career is this week's feature in the Angler Spotlight. Let's take a quick break. You're listening to Bass Edge Radio presented by Keelbar. At Legend Boats, we have one agenda, to build the finest bass boat on the water. It's our passion. Our hand-laid hulls and zero-tolerance stringer and transom system give you a smooth, dry ride, even in the rough stuff. The Alpha 211 with its massive fishing platform. The Alpha 199, fast and stable. And coming soon, the Alpha 191, a 19-footer with a style, attitude, and a price value all its own. Legend Boats, catch the wave, ride with a legend. More Bass Edge in 30 seconds. First by land and now by sea. For years, Lucas Oil has been a staple in high-performance vehicles on both the road and track. Now, from the makers of Lucas Oil comes Lucas Marine products, specifically engineered for marine applications. Protect and lubricate your marine inboard, outboard, or high-performance boat with Lucas Marine Engine Oil or Lucas Synthetic-Based Oil. Learn more about the complete line of Lucas Oil and marine products. Visit lucasoil.com. Spotlight shines bright on this week's guest as he is an FLW tour competitor and part of the Bass Edge Pro staff. He calls the Hoosier State his temporary home when he's not living out of his Toyota Tundra. He's Midwest angler and our good friend, Billy McDonald. Great to have you on with us, Bill. Hey, great to be on the Bass Edge. I'm very fortunate to be there, man. Bill, a lot of us stereotype bass anglers as hailing from the geographical southern part of the United States, Florida, Alabama, you know, Texas, you've heard them all. But you're from Indiana. And my kind of thought process is that that's obviously served you well because you're out on tour competing and obviously you do very good. But how does that help you in honing your skills as an angler? You know, it's funny. I tell people in Indiana, we got about six fish in each lake and we take six <laughs> catch them. They're highly, highly pressured lakes. You know, some of these slugfest tournaments, I don't think it helps us at all being from Indiana. But when you get into a situation where it's a little bit tougher tournament or it's actually a real grind, I think there's a big advantage just due to the fact the pressured waters that we fish up here. Well, and you guys have a tremendous federation membership. I always remember you telling me how many bass anglers you actually have in the state. Yeah, years ago, before there was the split between the two organizations, we had the largest federation in the country. Put that in perspective, and our largest reservoir is like 10,000 acres. I mean, we have some 
heavily, heavily pressured waters. Well, but it's pretty obvious that if you look at your profile, you've mastered Lake Monroe over there in Indiana, and I know that's not a huge lake like some of these southern impoundments that we have. You mentioned earlier, with so many anglers and talking about the Federation and how many anglers are in the state of Indiana, by the way, lots of great anglers from Indiana. Does the fact that you have to deal with all those things help you as an angler, and how do you cope with that as an angler fishing right there in Indiana? I don't worry about the other people. It's a mindset. you got to go out and catch what you catch. And somebody cuts you off, you just got to let it go. Somebody's on the spot you really want to fish, you can be behind them and get in front of them. And, you know, I've learned over the years, too, a lot of guys will catch a fish, and everybody likes to see how fast they're. You know, they got the biggest, baddest trolling motors, and they just keep on rolling down the water. Well, in Indiana, the situation is it's not that way. You know, we don't have the numbers, so sit there and grind it out. You know, you see a guy catch a fish, and by the time he gets it alive, well, two casts later, he's 100 yards down the bank. You know, if I'm fishing behind somebody, like that doesn't bother me at all because like I said I'll just go in there and catch fish behind them because they're going to leave most of them so you just take your time and you know being a whole lot more thorough is the key for me anyway. Do you have numerous rods laying out on your deck to present different bait choices? It depends on whatever the fish want but for the most part I'm just thorough. I tell people I get gut feelings whatnot. If you feel like there's a fish there there probably is one there and spending time on the water and knowing the different areas I think is the key. You know everybody wants to run all over the lake and look at things. I'm more of a guy that'll take one section of the lake and I'll tear it apart. If I can go in there and catch fish instead of going somewhere else, I'll spend my time in that creek arm and try to figure out if the conditions change, where are these fish going to go and why are they going to go there? You go back during the tournament, if those fish aren't there, you know, on the stumps or on the edge of that creek channel where they were, did they back off? And that way you know where they would have went instead of that gone they've left. I'll go to another creek and, you know, you just end up running all day and I catch them. Yeah, it sounds like when you're fishing those type of waters, it's just not always one cast. You know, you talk about believing there's a fish in a particular area. Oftentimes it takes multiple presentations. When you're doing that and you're throwing at a stump or a rock ledge or whatever it is that you're fishing, do you typically throw the same bait over and over or do you like to change up to different styles of presentations? I'll usually change it up some. You know, I might make three or four or five pitches. Say I'm throwing a piece of plastic. I'm throwing a rodent or, or a rage curl, something along those lines. I'll throw it up there four or five times. I don't get bit. Then I might throw a crankbait down through there, throw a spinnerbait down through there, and then go back and follow it back up with a jig or, or with another piece of plastic. And a lot of times, that's what it takes to irritate and aggravate those fish. And then all of a sudden, when you get a hit, it's a ferocious hit, usually. Well, Bill, the part of the country that you're in is still cooler than the southern counterparts. And in really, even a lot of the places that you're traveling, how do you keep the temperature the air temperature in context and apply current weather conditions to the geographic area that you're going to possibly that the events held you know how do you acclimate to where you're not still fishing what the conditions are like in indiana the internet makes it a lot easier without a doubt you follow the patterns as it goes you know i'm getting ready i'll I'll be through with smith lake by then and by that, you know, those fish there will be pre-spawn. You know, Florida, we were on full spawn. Smith Lake's pre-spawn deal. The next one will be at Beaver Lake will be full-blown spawn. And none of that will apply to here at home yet. So you just, you know, use the internet, use some contacts, the multimedia stuff that's available out there to kind of keep up. Like I said, you can check water temperatures. You know, I can get on the internet right now and tell you what Beaver Lake is, what the water level is and all that. A lot of people don't take the time to do that. But if you do your homework, get your calendar out, write on it what it is, and just stay up to date with it. And those things will help in keeping an eye on the weather patterns, too. It's a 
big key. Bill, as touring pros, we're faced with a lot of different situations, as you mentioned, and it sounds like you're keeping a great track of events that you've got coming up for sure. But speak to us a little bit about adjustments that you make to both your bait selection and your terminal tackle, such as line choice. Do you make significant changes based upon where you're going? You talk about Florida or Beaver Lake. And maybe give us some examples and rules of thumbs that we can apply to uh, maybe even different types of impoundments that we're fishing in our local areas. You know, Florida, like I said, per se, you know, we're throwing 80 and 50 pound braid. You know, the floral carbon I'm throwing, the smallest thing I threw was 20 pound down there. You know, I throw the braid down there because of the grass and the reeds. You know, I've got something that will actually literally cut it. You know, those are the times that I'll be using a heavy, heavy braided line. Now, when it comes, you know, say I go to a beaver lake and I'm throwing a top water, a wake base, something along those lines, I'll still have a braid on, but I'll go down to a lot smaller braid. Maybe it's a 20 or 25 pound braid. 30 pound braid and i like the braid for a topwater bait because there's no stretch and i can continue to work my bait and if the fish hits it i just keep working it. if it loads up then i load up and i catch the fish where on a mono which mono works still good for a topwater but the situation is with it you know a lot of times you'll jerk or there's so much stretch in the line that you don't get that fish so I like the braid because I can continue to work it. And if the fish isn't there, I just keep working it. I don't jerk. And then if it does hit and the line gets tight, all you got to do is load up because there's zero stretch and that fish hooks itself. And the other lines, you know, the fluorocarbons and stuff at Beaver Lake, I'll be throwing 8, 10, and 12-pound lines. 12 will probably be a heavy line for me to be throwing down there due to the water clarity that's there. Well, Bill, speaking of that, and possibly our listeners don't know, but I know you are textbook shallow, dirtier water fisherman per se. Was that a tough adjustment in kind of adapting to, you know, some of the highland reservoirs that you're now visiting on a frequent basis and the clear water and just the different approach there? Yeah, it was. And, and you know, I've come to find out that even those reservoirs, there's a lot of shallow, shallow, shallow fish, you know, which I think helps me too because that's what I'm accustomed to. But I don't have a problem at first it was, but I don't have a problem now backing off and fishing in that 30 and 40 foot of water if that's what it takes to get a bite. You know, and it's just a mindset. You got to make yourself go out and do it. And the best way to do that is limit how many rods you put on the deck. You know, if you're wanting to make yourself go out and fish, 30 foot of water, 40 foot of water, limit yourself. Don't take those baits where you can go shallow and do that. So, In other words, turn your, your practice time into truly practicing the discipline that you're you're trying to learn. Exactly. You know, you're fishing for a check and you're fishing for points, you know, is the thing. You know, championships are the deal. Everybody wants to win a tournament, but, you know, you always want to make that championship. That's the goal. You got to be able to adjust and adapt to be able where you're competitive doing that. Well, speaking of adjustments, you know, here we are in the middle of March, what are you keying in on to find bass, such as structure, those type of things? And then also, what's really on the end of your line? Secondary points is where I'll start, and then I'll work my way back right now. And if I go into a creek arm, you know, I'm a daylight to dark practice guy. If you're limited on the amount of time you got, fish from the afternoon on. I mean, that's the most successful time this time of year. And I'm looking at Northwest Bank's you know, northwest coast due to the sun that's going to be in those those pockets the longest. And then I'm looking to, you know, I've probably got a three-quarter ounce to a quarter ounce football head jigs on, working deep to shallow, and then also be throwing a jerkbait. Are colors a big factor this time of year? I'm not a color freak. Sponsors hate me. <laughs> you know, it's black and blue, and it's green pumpkin, and then, you know, some type of a shag color crankbait or a jerkbait, depending on what the water clarity is. You know, I feel like the dirtier the water, the darker the bait or the brighter to bait, 
And then the clearer the water, the lighter the color of the bait. There's a lot to be said about keeping things simplistic. It really helps us hone in on and really puts you into focus on what the fish behavior is doing and, and trying to find out exactly where they're located, not which color they're going to bite, whether it's chartreuse or shad or every other color in the rainbow. So I think that's a great tip to keep things simple, and um, that'll help you keep your line wet and really just help you hone in on exactly what the fish are doing, not worrying about exactly what their certain color preference is on a particular day. You're exactly right. And the other thing, too, is really pay attention to what you're doing when the fish bites. They tell you how they want that bait. I mean, if you're throwing a jerk bait and you're out there and you got your cadence down and you're jerk, 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 pause, jerk, 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 pause, you've been doing that for an hour, you don't have a bite. Say something distracts you up on the bank or you got somebody practicing with you and you turn around and you're talking to them, you go back to jerk and that fish is there. The light's got to come on to you and tell you, hey, you're fishing it way too fast. I mean, pay attention to what you're doing at the present time when that fish bites. And then duplicate it. We all want to catch them the way we want to, but the main thing is catch them the way that they want to be caught. Well, that's great advice because obviously there's been many a day to where um, there hasn't been those jerks on the end of the line by me trying to force feed them. And certainly that plays a huge role into it, Bill, as far as being able to trust those instincts. I've been sitting there talking to a co-angler and turn around and go to jerk it again. It's on there. And it's, you know, my light didn't turn on. I'm not the sharpest, you know, knife in the drawer. And go ahead and put that fish in the box and go back to doing it the same way. And, then, <laughs> you know, he started talking to me again and I get another bite and finally the light does come on. But I mean, and I've learned a lot over the years by doing doing that pay attention you know they tell you how they want to bait they're barely hooked on the back of the hook you know something on a jerk bait i do not throw a jerk bait without a feather on the tail i want something different on there that gives it a different presentation but if they have barely got that hook you're doing something a little bit wrong that they don't want it that way whether it's a presentation and maybe it is a color now if you get it where half the bait's down its throat You've got the right deal going. Well, that's good stuff. Hey, Bill, let's take a short break. And when we return, I want to dive off into something that really affects everybody concerning gas and some of the performance out of our motors and those type of things. And really, quite honestly, your area of expertise, and that's concerning fuel additives and marine oils. And answer a listener question. You're listening to Bass Edge Radio. Whether you're on the road, on the water, or in your backyard, there's a super start battery when you need one at O'Reilly Auto Parts. From car batteries to batteries for your lawnmower or boat, every super start battery comes with a nationwide replacement warranty. Starting power, starting performance, and starting reliability, super start batteries available exclusively at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. You're listening to Bass Edge Radio with Aaron Martin and Kurt Dove. We are back on Bass Edge Radio, and this segment of the show is brought to you by Lucas Oil High Performance Marine Products. From real oil to two-cycle outboard oil that surpasses all manufacturer's requirements, visit lucasoil.com. It works. But Billy, it's no secret that gas prices are through the roof. Frankly, it impacts everyone, whether you own a boat or not. Additionally, our gas quality has drastically declined over the years. Specific to marine outboards and tow vehicles, what do you do to ensure performance as well as longevity of your motors? You know, I always run Lucas Oil in my tow vehicles, without a doubt. You know, their synthetics is what I run in the Toyota. That helps right there. And I mean, you can actually, you can get more distance out of your oil changes. You're not hurt if you run it eight or 9,000 miles, 10,000 miles to get an oil change instead of five, which is saving us all a little bit of money in the deal. Tune up in a bottle, you know, our upper cylinder lubricant, add it to every tank. 
it's given me an extra mile, mile and a half to a gallon out of the deal. Doesn't sound like a whole lot, but over the course of a season, that's a whole bunch of miles, which is, adds up to a whole bunch of money. And it helps clean your injectors. It keeps your fuel system clean. But something that you definitely need to add will help the longevity of your engine's life completely. And then on the outboards, our ethanols, E10 is terrible. And now they're to the point they want to make it an E15, which is going to be, you know, serious to these outboard engines. So running a good ethanol treatment is the key. There again, Lucas makes a safeguard ethanol treatment, which a lot of the ethanol treatments that's on the market today, and what they do, they burn hotter to get all that moisture out, but they don't have an additive or lubricant system that goes back in and lubricates your fuel system. So where Lucas has done that, they've taken their additive that they've got in all their products and it's in our fuel treatment as well. And it goes back and it lubricates your fuel system because like I said, when you heat things up, you got to re-lubricate them. So that's the thing that Lucas has excelled in is it's their safeguard ethanol treatment. So basically what I'm hearing you say there, because the first question I would say, you know, Bill, is does the such things as the tune-up in a bottle, the upper cylinder lubricant, the ethanol additive you mentioned, you know, which is both something that I use and strongly believe in, but the cost of the additives far outweigh the benefits. Oh, definitely, without a doubt. I mean, you, you know, I don't know if anybody's ever had any injector problems, but take your vehicle in, check on similar costs to get your injectors replaced. You know, here's something that's going to keep those things clean and keep it, you know, maintenance free for you. Yeah, especially in a diesel. <laughs> exactly. You know, and a tune-up in a bottle, that's the other thing. It's good for diesels or your gas engines, either one. So, Bill, it's it's interesting to me. You know, I'm obviously you're the expert on this. That's why we've got you on the radio program today. But it sounds like, you know, obviously it has some, some good effects and, and the Lucas Oil is helping our engine run cleaner, more smooth with the lesser quality products that we're getting at the at the gas pumps but specifically you're talking about the actual fuel system mechanism and and it heating up you know we hear a lot about some of these older motors or at least i have sitting around dealerships and that kind of stuff about how these fuel systems have to be replaced and um really what we're talking about here is it that you're really helping the fuel system make a longer process before it goes bad correct and the thing of it, too, you know, people store boats up here, you know, like they work cold. So a lot of guys don't use their boats all winter. And, you know, there's a myth with people that they think, well, I want to run all the gas out of it. It'll be better for it. And that's 100% the opposite way it should be. If you're going to store your boat for a month or any longer periods of time, you want to make sure you got those tanks as full as you can possibly get them. Due to the weather making condensation, I mean, you'll get condensation sitting in your garage from heat to cold to heat to cold with the variations of the temperature which creates condensation in those tanks, which is actually adding more water into those tanks. So the less airspace in those tanks makes it better. And then, like I said, you put a stabilizer like our safeguard in there, and it helps take care of that problem. And you're saying that's really what we're talking about with the E10 and the potentially E15 that's coming out is those mixtures are making more condensation as well. Yeah, I mean, it's got more moisture in it, and it's just a bad mix. You try to avoid it. And, you know, I, I look for stations that say that they don't have any ethanol, but do they or don't they? You know, you'd like to believe everybody's on the up of the up, but I know that they can buy that ethanol cheaper than they can buy the other things. And in today's world, you know, a lot of people look at it as just making a buck. So. Sure, sure. 
Well, I tell you, the outboard manufacturers have also done a great job of making you know use of their private labeled oil in our outboards by using you know some technical jargon like TCW three and and those kinds of things. You know, I understand. And can you explain to us? There's a myth and reasons why Bass Edge and pro anglers like yourself swear by Lucas Oil Marine. Well, Lucas Oil, you know, is a TCW three. Our land and sea is a TCW three rated oil. And if everybody reads their warranty books on their motors, they have a clause in there that says recommended oil. But the myth is that everybody says they have to use that oil to protect their warranty on it. They don't have to. They have to use a TCW three oil. And the Lucas Oil itself exceeds, you know. And I want to make this perfectly clear. Yamaha makes a great oil. Mercury has a great oil. Devonroot has a great oil. None of those people manufacture oil, though. They all buy it from somebody and have a private label. We manufacture, we make our oil ourselves. And, you know, we exceed all their recommendations. Everything we got exceeds any of those manufacturers' warranty requirements. Everybody's heard, you know, ring-free. You want to put ring-free in because it helps with, you know, your carbon guards and whatnot to keep the carbon bill up on your rings. Our oil actually has that already in it, so it's not another skew, not another item that you're going and buying. That item is already in our oils as well, and our oils are that's got a smokeless additive to them. So when your motor starts, there's no smoke at all, and it costs a little bit more to put that in there, but that's what Lucas does. Man, I'm glad we're in the garage. I'm saving money. I can hear it chinging up already. <laughs> yeah, Kurt, Kurt, Kurt's all about that. All about that. You know, and it's, and it's quite honestly, Bill, it's all good stuff, and but it's no surprise because Lucas was birthed out of the racing and the high performance end in the racing field i mean they've got to have the best they've got to have the absolute best and everything we make is tested through the racing before it's ever put out to the consumer so it's put to the test and the thing of it is the neat thing i like about forrest lucas is if he makes a product that is equal with someone else's you will never see it on the market if he can't make it better then they're not going to produce it you know, our chemist, Mark Negas, in my opinion, is the number one chemist in the world on oils and additives, and he is very, very sharp. They do their homework, they research, they break down, it's gone through testing, and then, you know, like our marine stuff's all gone through the racing industry. It's all gone through the drag boat racing deals, the roundy round boat racing tracks. That's how our oils are tested to start with. So if they last in that, guys, I know we run boats hard, but they will last in ours. Well, for sure. And part to believe but man the show is flying by today but it will not be complete without awarding a lucky listener a hundred dollar gift card to o'reilly auto parts for this week's listener question as it comes from rob mcfarland rob states i often hear your guest talk about power fishing or changing baits or techniques to find the bite my question is this how much time do you allow a technique, example, crankbaiting, topwater fishing, or drop shotting before you decide to pick up another rod or lure for alternate presentation? Again, that is from Rob McFarland. That sounds like a bad deal, but, I mean, if you're flipping into a brush top, I'm just going to take a treetop, for example. That's a power fishing spot. You know, my first shot in there, I'm throwing right dead center to the heart of that thing with a drop bait, whether it be a jig or a soft plastic bait, I'm throwing to the heart of it. If I do that, I don't get bit in there, then I'm picking up, you know, a spinner bait or my square bill, 
and I'm running it through there, and I'm letting the fish tell me what they want. Now, once you get bit, you know what they're wanting to eat. Well, and based upon our earlier conversation too, Bill, it sounds in a way, you know, if you're in Indiana and highly pressured water, you're going to be way more thorough versus if there's a bite all across the lake and you're looking for a certain class or certain size of fish. Is that correct? That's correct. There again, if you're looking for the biggest fish in the lake, you want to go to the thickest cover. That's my personal opinion. They're going to be in the thickest cover closest to a, a creek channel bend or a mouth of a creek where food comes to them. They're not going to exert a bunch of energy to go feed. Now, them fish that you see schooling out there for the most part, them pound and a half, two and a half pounders, they're going to run and chase. But that big sow that you're really wanting to catch, she's going to be laying right there in the creek channel bend or mouth of a creek where the current's rolling by her. She's got some good heavy cover over, and when she gets ready to eat, she opens her mouth, sucks in some food, and she's there. Because they don't get big by chasing things all over the lake. Well, Bill, thanks for answering that listener question, and congratulations to Rob for having his question chosen for the O'Reilly Auto Parts listener question segment. O'Reilly Auto Parts, the professional parts people. Just a reminder to include your shipping address when you send in your listener question. Rob, please email us your address so that we can send you your O'Reilly Auto Parts gift card. For everyone else, send in your questions to support at BassEdge.com or post them on our Bass Edge Facebook page or Twitter handle for your chance to win a $100 gift card from O'Reilly Auto Parts. Well, as always, Bill, it's always a pleasure and great talking with you on Bass Edge Radio. Any uh, closing thoughts or comments? Comments before we let you get back to the rest of your day. Hey, Aaron, just you guys keep up the good work. Like I said, Bass Edge, you know, you can get on there. You can listen to them on the podcast. You can get on iTunes and listen to them. And you can download these things and listen to them as you're driving down the roads. I mean, you guys have got a great deal going. Keep it up. Well, Bill, it's only through people like yourself that's willing to share the time and the knowledge and experience that really, quite honestly, make us all better anglers. We want to wish you best of luck in the upcoming year. Hey, let's take a quick break. You're listening to Bass Edge Radio. Now you can order Bass Edge Season 3 on DVD. Own the best resource for tips and techniques in bass fishing as host Aaron Martin tackles lakes across the country with the industry's top pro anglers, including Denny Brower, Boyd Duckett, Randy Howell, and Dave Wolak. This two-disc set includes all 13 episodes. That's over 10 hours of Bass Edge, including interviews, bloopers, and highlights, all for just $19.95. Order online at BassEdge.com. And be sure to check out previously released DVDs like Bass Edge Seasons 1 and 2 and Electronics 101. Bass Edge, Season 3, now on DVD at BassEdge.com. Patented in 2000, perfected over years of testing and real-world punishment, the Powerful is the ultimate shallow-water boat positioning tool. Swift, Powerful deploys in seconds from anywhere in your boat. Virtually silent, Powerful won't spook wary fish. Secure in strong currents or gusting winds in up to 8 feet of water. Engineered to take it with a lifetime unconditional replacement guarantee on the spike. Powerpole, swift, silent, secure. Visit powerpole.com to find a dealer near you. I am BASS Pro Pete Ponds, and you're listening to Bass Edge Radio. Well, as always, certainly our anglers never let us down as far as guests on Bass Edge. And Bill, you know, I thought, Kurt, his advice on keeping it simple, simplistic bait choices, color selections, just proves that you don't have to go rob the bank to uh, put tackle in your tackle box. Aaron, couldn't agree more. Uh, agree totally with what Bill was saying, especially for a new angler that's just getting involved with bass fishing. You know, you don't have to go out there and buy every color crankbait or every color plastic or every color spinnerbait with umpteen different styles styles 
of blades on them. You know, keep it simple. You know, get your green pumpkins, your watermelons, your black and blues, and that's it for your plastics. You know, so you're not, like you said, you know, watch your pocketbook a little bit because there's going to be things that you're going to want to buy later on that you didn't even know about because you're just getting involved in the sport. We all know how expensive it can be. But uh, keeping those things simple and keeping your color simple, I think is a great thing that Bill brought up, and uh, we can all take that to heart. Well, for sure, and along the lines of watching your pocketbook, you know, we tried something a little different this time on Bass Edge Radio, and that was getting into more of the tech areas such as, you know, the oils, the fuel additives. I really found that to be interesting. You have any thoughts on that, Kurt? Yeah, man, I feel like we just got out of the garage. I got my hands a little greasy. You know, I'm feeling good, but there's so many things that we haven't really touched base yet as far as Bass Edge. You know, we talk a lot about how to catch fish, putting yourself in a better position to be more successful on the water, and part of all that goes full circle about equipment and things that we need to talk to. I would love for us to hear more from Bass Edge Nation. You know, let us know on the webpage. Let us know on the Facebook. Some of the other interesting topics or questions you might have that relate to more equipment-related things and tech tips like you're talking about. I think that's good advice because there's so many things, you know, I've, I've said bass anglers are so talented they have so many responsibilities it's not just picking up a rod and reel tying on a lure and catching fish you're kind of your own mechanic logistician scheduling you know all these things that come into play as well as still trying to be a you know for those that are married and have families a good husband a good dad a good mother uh, employee all that type of stuff that goes into it perhaps Kurt we just may have just created a whole new segment based upon the feedback from listeners hey man I'm ready to get dirty with it I like it Absolutely. Well, unfortunately, we are actually out of time, Kurt. I I hate to say that. Things are going by so quickly, but it sure has been fun. I want to thank our guests and certainly you, the listeners, for tuning us in every podcast here on Bass Edge Radio. Until next time, have a great week, everybody. You know the importance of protecting your investments. So why use anything other than the toughest keel protector for your boat? Grinding sand, abrasive rocks, and concrete ramps are no match for our patented technology. KeelGuard keel protectors are made tough and made to stick. Their do-it-yourself installation takes less than an hour, providing the most dependable, most trusted keel protection for your boat, guaranteed for life. So give your boat the performance edge. Put on the protection the pros pick. KeelGuard keel protectors. The Edge is presented by KeelGuard. For more information on Bass Edge or to shop at the Bass Edge online store, visit BassEdge.com. And be sure to join Kurt Dove and Aaron Martin right here on another episode of The Edge. Brought to you in part by Legend Boats, O'Reilly Auto Parts, Lucas Oil Products, Mercury Marine, PowerPole, and Rapaholic.com.